prepare me to be a sanctuary. And, um, and, and that's, a, that's, that's a good prayer. Um, because we are sanctuaries. And bear with me for one moment because there is a passage of scripture that I wanted to make sure that I read to your hearing. You say, well, this, and really this has almost nothing to do with the, the, uh, the text itself, but just kind of laying the foundation here as far as thinking. It's in Hebrews, the sixth chapter. It says this, start with the first verse. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ. Get this to hear what I'm saying. Elementary doctrine or teaching pedagogy of Christ and go on to maturity. Wow. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of instructions about washing and laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Says, and this we would do if God permits, for it is impossible in case those who have been enlightened to do uh, have um, tasted the heavenly gift to have shared in the um, Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of God and the powers of the age to come. Well, what the Hebrew writer is saying without going through Hebrew, he's saying, we're not going to go back to the elementary things. He says, this is, this is what you do in kindergarten. <laughs> Some of the things we're talking about right now is when you first become a believer and we understand about the resurrection. And he um, said, these are the things that we, we just said, I want you now to move on. Because you see, these, when it comes down to actually meat and milk, See, then there's, there's a difference between meat and milk. Now, when we preach the resurrection and we do all these other things, we're, not, we're preaching that to unbelievers, you see. And, of course, we have our, our doctrine and everything else when it comes down to the resurrection of the righteous and, and all the things that will, be, that will happen there. I understand that. But what, what the Hebrew writer is saying is this, that there is another level that we should be in as far as believers is, um, when it comes down to a level of maturity. And so that's what we want to talk about. And let's talk about that for a moment. Um, and so we want to begin to uh, get into the, uh, uh, the thoughts and the text. And it's not my intentions. It'd be nice to finish this morning, but if not, it's my, not my intention to rush through the sermon and not um, uh, really drive it home to you. We're looking at John the 15th chapter 12 to the 17th verse, which we will cover, abiding in the inner circle. What is it, the yeah. inner circle? It is abiding in the inner circle. We will begin to learn more about this abiding in the inner circle. Uh, there's, a, there's a difference, I'm getting ahead of myself, there's a difference with being with Jesus and being in Jesus. Okay, let's bow in prayer. Father, thank you for your, your goodness to us. Thank you for your, um, the time that we have spent together and I've laid this on my heart. Help me, Lord, to clearly articulate it so that it can be heard. I'll trust you to do what it needs to be done with us so that you'll get us to a place 
where, Lord, it's you and us where we can speak to you and then we speak what only you say, not our opinion or how we feel, what you are saying, your word, and stand on your word regardless of what the world says. Get us to this place, Lord. For that's where the real power is. That's where changed lives are made. Satan is defeated. The world is greatly impacted. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen. Amen. So as we uh, move into this, so we go to John 15, 12. It says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have, uh, have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Now that's testing love. You are my friends. Get to know what it says. Let's read it together. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Don't, don't, don't let it go past you. He says, for you are my friend. Quit singing what a friend we have in Jesus. You are my friends if you do what you're told. Amen. So what the antithesis of that is, if you don't do what, I'm, uh, what you're told, then what? You're not my friend. John 15, uh, 15 uh, it says this. No longer do I call you what? Servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I call you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known what? To you. See, everything I heard from the father. says I'm not going to say anything apart. And we read earlier. says I'm not saying anything apart from what, except what the father has said. I says I have now made known to you. Period. Period. It goes on. John 15, 16. You did not choose me. No, I go in this church, I'm going to choose you. No, you didn't choose. The Lord chose you. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go forth and, bring, and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. The name and the claimant group, just take that little part from, so whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. No, you don't. Back off. John 15, 17. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Now, now these are the verses. These are the ones we'll be working with. This is the thing that I think is, is very important as we move through the text. And so uh, what happens is, in our uh, introduction, there's a vast difference between being with Jesus and being in the inner circle. After Judas left the upper room, Jesus began to share some very important and intimate information with his remaining disciples. These were the men that were chosen to be in the inner circle. The information that Jesus shared, he did not share with Judas. It was after Judas left the room, after Judas left to betray Christ, then he started sharing some very intimate information with these guys. Because he was letting these guys know, you are in the inner circle. Let me get ahead of myself. Sometimes we forget that we're in the inner circle, and when things go bad, we revert to what we're used to. So that's, that, that explains why when Peter uh, and Jesus Christ was crucified and everything else, and he said, you know what? What did he say? I'm, 
<laughs> I'm going back fishing. And the other disciples said, well, hey, you're going fishing? I'm going fishing too. But Matthew didn't know how to fish, you know. But he got all of, he got all of them with, out there with him, right? See, he, he's a leader, so he got all these folks out there in the boat with him. He's, called, he's, he's going back to a world that he knows. And so the question that, that Jesus asked Peter, he didn't ask all the others. He said, Peter, do you love me more than what? These? Do you, do you love me? Are you into me more than these? See? Because what's going to happen is, the moment that you choose me, you cannot go back to them. No more. Give it up. You cannot go back to your comfort zone. The moment that you choose me, and you decide to be in me, then whatever happens from that point, you cannot go back to the comfort zone. Uh, last night, I, uh, uh, Karen and I was, was sitting, and for one whole hour, the guy was talking about tithing. And he had this uh, thing, and I'll try to make it as quick as possible. And what he did was, he, he gave all the statistics of what the church gives as far as tithing and everything else. And so here's what he put out the challenge. He put out the challenge to anyone that would go 90 days to, when he read about, the Lord says, prove me. He says, anyone that would take God up on this. And he said, no one, he said, he, he was very discouraged, well maybe, he said, no one took me up on this except a single parent with two children, deeply in debt. She went to a large church and everything else, she was deeply in debt and everything else, and she said, uh, I don't know what's going to happen to me. They're getting ready to show off my lights and everything else. And um, I never tied before. He said, but uh, I'm going to do it. He said, and for six months, so she said, once she made the commitment, then she said, all of a sudden, when she, that, the next day, the mail came in saying, um, here, these, this bill is due, this bill is due, and this bill is due. And then, of course, it was time for her to tie. And uh, she said, wow. She, so she decided, she said, but I made a commitment. And so she wasn't going to revert back. She said, I went and I gave my tithe. I went to the church and said, I, don't, I didn't know what was going to happen. She, she went back to the mailbox the next day and there was a check in the mail, a person who had been holding back on, on paying in for her for a long time, for $1,500. Make a long story short, where she was in debt, when she was in debt, now she was, uh, per month, she was uh, a plus over $1,500, close to $2,000 a month, over every month. Every year now, she's giving $11,000 to the church in tithes. She said, it got to the point where it felt so good giving. She said, I'm just going to keep on giving, see, because I know that it's right. Because, you see, she learned out there's a difference between going to church and being with Jesus. And there's another thing to be going to church and being what? In Jesus. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Because every now and then, of course, as we did some evaluation, we look at we see that she, she didn't know about manage, money management and everything else. She, that she needed to get that in place. That's good. She'll learn that. But all I'm saying is that she started off with, I'm just going to trust the Lord. That's a good start, isn't it? 
You have to be a student on all these other things. If you just started off with, I'm going to trust the Lord on this. And so, so th- this morning, that's, that's what I wanted to begin to get us to thinking, thinking on. The, to move forward past the, the state of just being with Jesus, where we talk about Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, and Jesus Christ is coming again, and all these other things, you know, uh, David and Goliath. And, now let's talk about being in Jesus. Okay. And what it means, because Jesus says, I am saying everything that the Father told me, I'm sharing with you, and I expect you to obey. And if you do what I say, you're my friends. If you don't do what I say, they quit, don't, don't call me your friend. You're in a family, yes, you're saved, but don't expect all the big benefits. You don't give benefits to hard-headed children. I, I hope you don't. They're hard-headed all week and then they say, may I, may I, uh, I want to borrow at least about five dollars. Excuse me? Oh, well, I know that's kind of low, but I you know I just wanted to, I didn't want to overburden you. But five dollars, you know, you, you, you can give me five dollars, I'll be fine. Out of all the things you, you have not obeyed me on, you're going to ask me for five dollars? No, you didn't come up to me for five dollars. Obey me first. So, so here's, that's what the Lord is stressing this to us. And so as we, uh, as we move on then, it says, defining the term. The inner circle is being a, in a position of total submission, self-denial, and a lifetime commitment to follow and finish what God has purposed for each of our lives. With power, love, and a sound mind. And I, and I wanted to talk about that before we even get into the text. So if, if I just give the introduction this morning, fine, I'm, I'm, I'm sufficient with that. As long as you understand, we need to be in and not with. Okay? We're going to look at those prepositions, that word in, we have to be in the end. So, to be victorious, it will take the empowerment of God working in and through us in the moments of our greatest challenges. That's why it says, you know, in uh, Ephesians there, it says, you know, about the, uh, finally my brother be strong in the Lord and what? The power of his might. He says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his. Don't you try to be strong. You be strong in the Lord. The reason David won because he says the battle is not me, but, but mine, but it's what? It's the Lord's. I'm not trying to do this. It's God doing this. And this, we had to get to the point where we're saying, God, it's you, not me. That's where the testimonies are. If any of us right now, if any of us are stressed out, then the question, that one word, what's the one word you think I'm going to come up with? Why? Why are you stressed out? Oh, you don't understand my situation. No, I really don't. Uh, I'm not trying to get into your business. All I'm saying is this. Here's what the word of God says. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Okay. He will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed, if your mind is stayed on, here, on him. It, because what? Because you trust in him. 
So then, in all your ways, acknowledge him, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and he will do what? Direct your path. So now you're stressed out about what? What happened in this scenario? Let's go, let's go through this, uh, let's do a process elimination. Is it God's fault? Is it life fault? Now let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Is it me? Am I still trying to figure it out? And God is saying the reason you're stressed out because you're trying to figure it out. And you can't. Some things are designed so you can't figure it out so that God can show you what to do so you can depend on him more. So as we, we talk about this thing about the threefold principles of, of uh, power. Where there's power, there will also be a tremendous amount of opposition, resentment, and personal suffering. That's why when I use that word power, when you're in Jesus and he gives us power, where there's power, look for it, you're going to have tremendous opposition. You don't believe it? Look at the life of Christ. I mean, like dogs, they, all the way up to the cross of Calvary, they did not give up, did they? And if you're going to be like Christ, guess what? The world hates God. The world hated Christ. And in the moment that you identify with Jesus Christ, the world will what? Hate you. Because the servant is no higher than his what? Master. Where there's love, there will be numerous opportunities to affirm your obedience and, and administer to a world that do not know God. Remember this, this whole idea of love? God will put some people that need love, and it won't be happy people. It won't be people you, you like a whole lot. It might be a circle of individuals that have gotten on your last nerve, that revisit you. Where there's a sound mind, there's a complete control of the level of our discernment, response, and decisions that will honor God and tremendously impact others. There's a difference in being with Christ and being in Christ. Throughout this year, I've been reflecting on Judas. Um, do you think that the Lord had an attitude toward Judas? I don't think so. Know why? Because when, it, when Judas came, the kids me said, friend, you know? And see, he says, you're gonna betray me with a kiss? He was trying to give Judas a chance even before he went out. He was trying to give him a chance every time. He said, if it doesn't come by him, it'll come by somebody else. Judas, you don't have to do this. And Judas, who was with Jesus, I mean, he saw the miracles. He ate the bread. He went through the storms, the raising of the dead. He saw all of this. And the reason, then he turns around and for 30 pieces of silver, 
He sells this person who does all of these miracles because he wasn't really in. Don't be so hard on him. Sometimes we blame God. He's been so good to us. You look over the years, look at all the answered prayers and all these other things that he have done. And then we take one situation that he's taken his time and we'll dwell on the one negative, then appreciate all that he have done all the way up to that point. You're wearing the clothes he gave you, in the house he gave you, opening the refrigerator that you have. And the Lord, and the Lord, guess what? The Lord says, now I want you to love others just like I love you. Wow, that's, that's another level, isn't it? Oh, you know, I, 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 this, this Don Mackin, you know, I just have one person on, on the plate that I know that um, I want to make sure that everything is, is straight with. That's me and my sister. I, I just, I mean, I just need to just kind of really clear the air there. I, I thought for sure that uh, most of the, I just want to make sure everything is clear right there, you know. Um, I had to, had to make sure because all the things I, I've seen her do to my mother and everything else and where she's at now. And uh, I had to make sure that regardless of what she did, I, the Lord says, listen, forget about what she did. Do you still see her personhood? Do you still see that she is a person? Okay, let, let me take a look further. I'm driving along and, uh, and I run a stop sign. And, uh, and the police stops me. And I let the police know all the things that was on my heart. And I said, I'm due the ticket, I was guilty, and you can give it to me. And the policeman says, go your way. Was I guilty? Did he have every right to give me the ticket? You see, God has given us the, the love that, yes, the person is guilty, yeah, but don't you ever forget the person. If you're in me, the situation should not be so bad that you forget that the person needs Jesus more than anything else. And don't ever cross out a living being. Always. Always. There's an individual right now that's, that's, uh, that's doing quite well. I praise the Lord for it, for him. And... Um, it messed up big time. I mean, messed up big time. I was very disappointed, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but one thing I made it very clear. I said, I'm, dis I'm very disappointed in what you do and what you have done. But I want to let you know that I haven't given up on you. I still love you as a person. So the person still, he still had the freedom to communicate. I haven't shut the door on you. I just don't like what you're doing. Do you understand that? <laughs> you don't cease to be my friend. It's just that I'm not into what you're doing. 
I had to do that with some of my relatives. I said, I just don't like what you're doing. So when Jesus talked to these uh, disciples then, I think it was important that he uh, dealt with that, clarifying our thoughts for this morning. Then he says, there are three things we need to consider concerning Jesus' solemn words to his disciples. The outline would be, number one, his commands, uh, 12, 13, uh, his changes, uh, verse 14 and 15, and then his, um, his choice. Well, we'll just, for this morning, we'll just look at the command. We'll, we'll call it quits for today. I think I've been to your, your ears long enough on, the, on this. But we'll look at his command. And um, as we look at his command, that this is my command that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. It was very clear, this is my command, which means it was non-negotiable, inflexible, unavoidable, and precise. Anything other than this is disobedience, regardless of the excuse. He says, this is my command to you, that you love, now listen carefully, that you love who? one another. Do you, I think that's important because it did not say at this point. We're in the inner circle now. He's saying, it's already know about the, about the law. He says, I, my concern now is that you love one another. We know about your loving your neighbor. Love one another. You're in the inner circle. There should be no friction in the inner circle. You love one another. There should be a oneness in the, in the one another. It says, my command to you, that you love one another. Say, make sure you get that straight. Make sure you nail that down. So he's very clear. And it's non-negotiable, inflexible, unavoidable, precise. uh, Anything other than this is disobedience, regardless of the excuse. And and boy, we can come up with so many excuses. And so, um, so that's my, my prayer for, for this, this morning. It has an embedded pattern as I have commanded you, loved you. It was, it was the ultimate example that was both extreme and sacrificial. Lay down his life for his friends. Didn't say lay down his life for his neighbors. It says lay down his life for who? And then he says, guys, you are my friends. You know the sad things? uh, Judas never heard that. Judas, you sold me off for 30 pieces of silver. What you never heard was, I'm willing to lay down my life for my friends. You got 30 pieces of silver and found that it was not sufficient and you went out and hung yourself and you opened your eyes in hell. You guys are in with me and when you stay with me, and that's another message, as to not only will Christ be glorified, the Lord talks about how we 
will be glorified. And God is excited about how we're going to be glorified. All that is when you're in, <laughs> not just with. And so I think it's so important then that we really begin to nail this down. Observation. God never commands us beyond our capabilities. And if we have an obedient spirit, he will empower us to do what we're told. He never tell us to do something we cannot do. If the Lord says be, that's mean you're capable of being. You know, when the teacher says, I want you all to be quiet, then the, the class should be able to do what? Be quiet. Uh, this, I don't know what type of class you have nowadays, but I'm just simply saying that's the rule. You see? So whenever you see the word, whenever the Lord says something, then he, understand something, he empowers you to make it happen. And that type of empowerment, God is saying, that only happens to you who are committed to obey me. Not you who's, well, Lord, I'll think about it. No, 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 that I'm not talking to you. Uh, you can go get your sandwich. I'm talking to another group that's really listening and going to buy into and lay it all on the altar. At the Emory Avenue Church of God, that, that song never, I mean, I never forgot that song. The, the song was, Is Your All on the Altar? Is it all on the altar? Paul put it another way. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies, what? A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the mind is, Lord, I'm in. And when I'm in, that means all the way. I'm not going to go back fishing. I'm in. Because I love you more than these. And I'll never go back. Each one of you have different situations. But God says, don't go back to that. Don't go back to that anger. Don't go back to whatever that negativism in your life. Don't go back to it. Don't, don't go back to any negativity that displeases God. They simply say, I've decided to follow Jesus and there's no turning back. Well, with that said, then we will uh, we'll, we'll pick this up uh, when it comes out, the, the changes. We'll, we'll talk about the changes now. Uh, if the Lord deals with that at another time, we'll, we'll wrap it up this morning. We've um, been very patient. And we uh, thank God for that. Uh, but as we wrap things up, we want to uh, pick it up next week as abiding in the inner circle. Abiding in the inner circle. So, so I'll close on this note. Do you do everything that God tells you to do? <laughs> uh, okay. Um, and it can even, it's, it's either yes or no. It's amazing how sometimes, well, you know, some, I don't say something. I said, yes, that's why we have a no. Either is, you know, it's either a, a positive yes or no. There's no middle of the road here. There's no bargaining. Okay? And if 
you're not, if we're not there yet, don't you think we need to get there? Do you think that God pointed that out for us not to get there? How do, how, and you say, well, how can I get there? Because the Lord has given us, he called him a help meet. We have the paraclete. We have the Holy Spirit that gets us from over here to over there. It's going to look rough. You won't be able to figure it out. It's not designed for you to figure it out. It won't be a problem. But whatever it is, God says, if you want to get over here, if you're in, then you cannot have plan B and C and, and D and E. God got the whole thing laid out, you know, just in case God fail you. Are you going to obey God? Yes or no? That's what you have to struggle with. You don't have to prove it to me. <laughs> you still have to answer it between you and the Lord when you walk out this door. Amen. And what you say is what God keeps saying, what God's been saying to the Israelites all the way back in the Old Testament, all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Just do what I say. Don't blame it on Eve. Get that apple in your not apple, fruit in your mouth. No. T tasting this juice is talking about the woman you gave me. I told you not to bite of it. What, is, what does she have to do with, you know, with the fruit in your mouth? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> ah, but okay, let me. I just, I'm just simply saying, the Lord is saying, you disobeyed me. Quit throwing other folks under the bus. <sighs> okay, now, um, as we close this morning, maybe the Lord's been speaking to your heart. And the Lord says to you, do you love me more than these? And if there is a struggle or a question mark, I would like to pray for you this morning. I don't need to talk a long time. Just simply stand. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. We have Jesus Christ already praying for us. This is where the power is. It's between you and the Lord. I judge no man. Father, I thank you for our time together. Thank you for your word. As we talk about the inner circle. There are few, Lord, that uh, come to that realization because they're so uh, drunk with the sweet elixir of praise and pats on the back that they hear men and have not taken the time to listen to you. And what you're concerned about first is not what we do with our hands, but what we do with our hearts. And Lord, this morning is what we want to do with our hearts to make sure that we make a decision like Peter, Lord, I'm in. I'll let, you, I'll let you clean up the flaws and everything else, but I'm in. No more boats, no more fish, I'm in. 
And so, Lord, I just pray for each one of the individuals who are standing, as well as those at Chicagoland Bible Fellowship Church, Lord, every one of us. Because there and in, in, in this and this alone can you be glorified. Yes. Including your servant. I stand with them. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. Oh. 